are listening to the first episode of You Can't Take It With You, the KPMG Law Estate Planning Podcast. I'm Andrew Higdon, and I'm joined by Elena Speck. Say hi, Elena. Hello. <laughs> this is a show about estate law. We'll talk about wills, powers of attorney, taxes, trust, probate, disputes, and court decisions. But I think above all, what we most want to share are the human stories that emerge when we talk about planning for death and incapacity. The act of planning for death and remembering family and friends by gifting them their worldly possessions is something that's profoundly human. Uh, it's no surprise to me that estate law is some of the oldest and most personal law in history. If you're an estates lawyer, an articling or a law student, professional advisor, or someone who just wants to be prepared, we've planned this podcast for you. We've got wonderful guests for our first season lined up who will discuss all sorts of interesting estate issues. This is our first episode. We wanted to start out with something simple and introductory. So we thought we would start by explaining what estate planning is and what to expect when you first visit an estate planner. With any legal podcast, uh, we have to start off with quick disclaimer. Uh, Elena, would you do the honors? A quick disclaimer. We'll be discussing general ideas. This should not in any way be construed as legal advice for your particular situation. Please speak to your own lawyer for legal advice for you. KPMG Law is a truly global law firm with offices in more than 140 countries, but this podcast is going to speak to planning in Canada, and for the most part, we'll focus on Ontario law. Let's get started. All right. Well, now that we've got that out of the way, we can dive right in. So, for this first episode, we want to get right to the question of what is estate planning? I prepared a, a definition that uh, Elena and I are going to sort of discuss a little bit. The definition is as follows. Estate planning is the act of organizing an individual's affairs to produce a desirable outcome during their lifetime and specifically on death. So I know that that's kind of a dense definition. So we're going to unpack it a little bit here. But I think it's important to dispel the myth right away that estate planning is all about drafting a will. And I think preparing a will, drafting a will is an extremely important tool in an estate planner's tool chest. But the drafting is the end of the planning process. The most important part of estate planning is developing the plan. And in addition to a will, we use a lot of other tools as well. We have powers of attorney that allow somebody to make substitute decisions for uh, a person during their lifetime, whereas the will will take over after that person's passed away. But we also have you know, the option to give gifts during lifetime to reduce the amount of assets that somebody has when they become incapable or when they pass away. We can settle trusts. We can transfer assets into joint ownership. We can reorganize businesses and so much more. Yes. And Andrew, I think that the plan itself is what requires that particular expertise. And in order to do that, we need to have the most information available about an individual's particular circumstances. So we're going to dive into talking about uh, in a moment all of the information that we need and, and what sort of things you can expect to discuss with your estate planning lawyer in order to prepare for that eventual outcome of planning your will and executing it. But certainly having all that information is what enables us to put forward the best plan possible for a specific client. Yep. We want to find out what the desirable outcome is to the client understand what assets they have, and then using the knowledge that we're going to get from the client about their assets and their, the unique nature of their situation, their, their friends, their family, the relationship between them, the location of all of those assets, whether they're in Canada or internationally, we can use all that information to develop a plan that's going to really achieve the end the client wants to have. 
And I think it's important for your estate planning lawyer to recognize that this is an extremely personal subject. It is unique and personal to that individual. And so care needs to be taken in collecting all of this information to make sure that it will uh, lead the estate planning lawyer to a conclusion that is consistent with their wishes and recognizing their specific situation. That's a good point. Now that we've got a working definition of what estate planning is, I think it's useful to talk about when we as estate planners tend to see clients coming in to talk to us. So in my experience, I generally find that my clients come to visit me at some change in their life, a key life stage. So it's often uh, younger couples that are about to get married or have just gotten married, couples that are about to have their first child, couples who are going through a divorce. I definitely find it when couples have their children leave for university or they have grandchildren or, you know, the most uh, sort of stressful time is when somebody's been diagnosed with an illness and, and they're frightened. And I think too, Andrew, on that point, uh, when somebody has passed away in the family, I think is, is often a very common time for people I to uh, reevaluate their own estate plans as well. Yeah, that's very true. And I think Although it's good that people come and see us during these sort of key moments in their life, I know that uh, Elena always says, if you're an adult, you should have a will. So don't wait until there's one of these events in your life necessarily to get an estate plan taken care of. You should advise your client or if you're interested in getting estate planning done yourself, you should go talk to your lawyer you know, as soon as possible if you don't have a plan in place because... If it's a happy life change that's taking place, well, then perhaps it's not an issue to go and talk to your estate planner. But if it's something that's causing you stress, you don't want to then add the stress on top of it of having to get your estate plan done on top of dealing with whatever issue it is that you're dealing with at the time. I think that's right, Andrew. And I, I think certainly plan early plan often is is excellent advice. As we recommend, uh, once you do have an estate plan in place, reevaluating it uh, is often far less stressful than creating it in the first place if it has right. caused you some concern. But planning early and planning often uh, in terms of review and update is the best advice there. Okay, Elena. So with that in mind, uh, what kinds of things should a client be thinking about in advance of their first estate planning meeting with you? So we generally recommend that clients set aside, uh, you know, a few hours of their time to be able to go through all of this information with us. And the most important thing, I think, Andrew, you and I agree upon this, is what their objective is. We want to know yeah. what they are thinking about, what they are hoping to achieve with this plan. We want to know, are they planning for a, a parent or a child or a loved one? Or are they hoping to create a legacy with some charitable giving that they're hoping to achieve, that is going to set the tone for uh, the meeting that we're going to yeah, conduct. I definitely find that people have, you know, you'll see sort of common estate planning objectives. And the most common is you know, providing for a spouse and then for your children. But even if you have traditional estate planning objectives, something like that, everyone has unique assets or uh, something particular to their family that they want to have addressed in a particular kind of way, in my experience. It's important to get that information up front, find out exactly what it is about that person's family that makes them unique. We live in Canada, so cottages are often a big issue. There's a lot of discussion about how children are to share in a cottage, or there might be personal property in the house, antiques and heirlooms, things that are of special significance to one child over another. If we know about the objective at the beginning, 
when we talk about assets and we and we talk about the circumstances and the, the capacities of the various beneficiaries and people involved, all of that information can be viewed from the lens of knowing what the person's objective is. And it makes it much easier for important points to stand up to us. I think that's right, Andrew. And certainly um, the other important point on that subject is don't hide that information from your estate planning lawyer. A lot of people are concerned mm-hmm. when we have conversations with them about you know tense family dynamics that could have an impact on their estate plan. And and we need to know that so that we can help you plan appropriately. And that's part of our objective is to make sure we have all of that information right up front so that we can give you the best advice possible. Yeah, that's a really good point. Now that we understand something about the objective of their estate planning, we like to get into particulars. So more specific questions about uh, their situation and their assets. Like, for example, I always want to know if they have existing estate planning and where it is. Absolutely. And and we want to make sure that that is easily accessible to uh, their executors or uh, powers of attorney in the event that it's needed. So that's really important, Andrew, to have all in one place. And I think it does help us as a starting place for clients. Yeah, definitely looking at existing estate planning. If there's been work done already, it can save some time. Okay, after we've established what the client's objectives are, the next thing that we want to look at is who are the important people in the client's life. So if you refer a client to us or if you're a client that's uh, that's interested in getting estate planning done, you should expect your lawyer to ask you all sorts of detailed questions about the important people in your life. You know, for my part, when I ask about the important people in a client's life, record obviously their first name and their last name. I like to know where their tax residency is. Uh, I like to know about their relationship with the client, whether it's, first of all, if they're you know, a child or a parent, of course, the obvious types of relationship, but also if it's a stressed relationship or you know, if, it's a, uh, if it's something that's quite warm and comfortable, I would like to know if that person has any particular competencies. So if somebody is a professional advisor, that can be useful. You never know when there might be a role that that person could slot into. I also keep track of whether that person is a dependent if that person is disabled and is receiving uh, provincial benefits, because that can have an impact on what kinds of gifts might be given to that person. And I like to know if that person is capable within you know, the, the meaning of the law. And getting that information up front is really important. And it allows you to keep in mind sort of the cast of characters that are going to be appearing when you're doing your estate planning. And fun fact, Andrew, please ensure that you've given correct names because <laughs> I I can't tell you how many times I've recorded names down um, and Jack and John are common examples where maybe a legal name is one, but they go by another. And that does have an implication right. when somebody has passed away. So really uh, important uh, little, little practice point there. Yeah. The more complete the information is that you can give your estate planner, the, the easier it is. And advisors who are referring clients to estate planners, you've got a wonderful part to play in this. If you know about the important people in that person's life, maybe you've been working with them for decades, you can encourage them to think about that before they come and talk to an estate planner. And it will definitely help us do a better job of planning for them. And that's, you know, segues nicely into to the next thing we wanted to talk about, Andrew, which was asset information for professional advisors that are referring clients to estate planning lawyers. You have a wealth of information on hand about the client's assets that is very useful uh, to us and with the client's consent can be shared. If you're just a client looking to have estate planning done, I think looking at uh, all of your financial assets um, in terms of, you know, financial like registered accounts and non-registered accounts 
insurance policies that would pay out in the event of your death, both through any work that you have or privately held. Uh, we like to know about real estate and, and how it's held and how long you've owned it for. We like to know if you have assets in other countries and what they are. We also like to know about shares in private businesses. So these are some of the things that uh, we are going to talk about in greater detail in an estate planning meeting so that we can have a complete picture uh, of your overall asset level and what we need to do to plan for it in your estate. Yeah. When I was a younger lawyer, I remember I had a client who I guess got impatient with all the questions that I was asking him. I was asking him about insurance and registered accounts and all these kinds of things. And I wanted to know very specific details on them. And I think at that stage in my practice, I hadn't learned yet how to properly communicate to the client why I needed so much information. And the reason why we need so much information is because if we have it, there are all sorts of planning techniques that we can use to improve the outcome for the beneficiary or for the person who's who's having the will prepared. And it's important to communicate that to clients so that they know that there's a reason why you're interrogating them about their assets, you know, because it can be a lot of information that's being asked for up front. One of the reasons I know some lawyers like to provide a checklist to their clients before uh, the clients come in to see them, and that can be an excellent idea. But at the same time, if you provide a checklist, it can be overwhelming to clients too. And they can see you know, that so much information is required that maybe they think twice about coming in to get their estate planning done. And of course, that's not a good thing to do. So you have to find a, a balance where you're getting all the information that you need and explain to the client why you need that information and how it's going to, in the end, be in their best interest to provide to you. In addition to financial assets and real estate, there are also unique assets, things like pets. We like to plan for our pets in our estate planning, things like digital assets. If you own Bitcoin or if you've got photographs on the iCloud or your Facebook page or any social media accounts that you have, we like to think about how we're going to administer those accounts when you pass away, or if you're incapable and you want to have them shut down or managed in a particular way. Biological and reproductive rights. So this we see this from time to time. So if uh, you've had uh, sperm or eggs frozen at some point in the past, we want to know about that. And we have some planning in place to administer those types of assets. We also want to know about loans that you're owed. Uh, a lot of the time, parents have loaned money to their children, and sometimes they want those loans to be forgiven when they pass away. And other times they don't. They want the uh, loan to be considered an asset of the estate and perhaps reduce the share of the residue that that child would have received otherwise. I see this a fair amount, and my practice is pretty much located in urban Ottawa, but firearms, firearms, people often own firearms. We're Canadians. People have them for various reasons. And uh, you have to be careful. We have to have a plan for who's going to be able to legally uh, administer those firearms when you pass away and who they're going to go to. And that person should be licensed. So good estate planning will involve investigating all these unique assets as well as the financial ones to ensure that there's a plan that makes sense for every asset. Uh, Elena, what's the weirdest asset that you've ever had to administer? Horses. And I think I think collections as well, uh, because there are so many of them. So horses are complicated in their own way. Uh, they have specific rules around how to deal with them when you're gone. But collections are complicated from a different point of view. They're emotional. They're sentimental. Um, you know, we deal with things from baseball cards to teapots and china. So just sort of varying degrees. I think we had milk jug collections once. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. 
You know, it's so neat. I, like that's one of the, the parts of estate planning that I enjoy the most is that you get this window into people's lives and you really get to understand, you know, the kinds of things that make people tick. And I think that that's such an honor to get to know people in that way. It's so nice. And people have such interesting hobbies and they care so deeply about them and they want to make sure that they're taken care of when they pass on. And that's such a nice part of the job. And I think on that point, Andrew, it's one of the things that, you know, we've talked about, it really draws us to estate planning is to be able to deal with people's specific assets and their treasured items in a way that they are uh, happy with what we've done. And uh, and it's on, an honor to be able to help them with that. Yeah, I feel very grateful for having this profession. <laughs> for sure. I, I do as well. We talked about assets and some of the unique ones. The other thing that we have to talk about are liabilities. We always want to know about what kinds of things we can sort of expect in terms of liabilities when someone passes away or when somebody's incapable. The big liability that uh, we plan for a lot is tax. And you know, we have uh, all sorts of uh, estate planning strategies to uh, ensure that our client isn't paying more than the tax that they're required to pay. For sure. And, and I think that liabilities can take many different forms, but people do tend to focus on tax. They f tend to focus on probate tax planning, and that'll be the subject of another uh, another talk that we'll give. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but it is important to know uh, what you have. We like to know if there's insurance on it. Is it going to be paid out? And, and to make sure that there's enough money to pay for these things in the event of death. Mm. And, and another obvious one is going to be funeral expenses. Funerals are expensive, and, uh, and we need to make sure there's funds there. If you have haven't prepaid for those to, to be able to uh, satisfy that in the event of your death. So that's a lot of information that we covered for our, our first episode. I think we'll put a pin in it there for now. Just to summarize, today we learned that estate planning is organizing affairs uh, to produce some kind of desirable result, uh, specifically on death, but also during the lifetime of the testator. Planning is much, much more than just drafting wills and powers of attorney. It's the, the planning itself. It's organizing your thoughts and considering all of the, the different aspects of an estate is really where the expertise comes to bear. And finally, lawyers need to know as much as possible about the circumstances of their clients before they can develop a good estate. Thanks, Andrew. And certainly we're going to be getting into this more on our next episode where we talk about estate planning issues for clients who have estates with assets in both Quebec and another province in Canada. Quebec has a unique legal system that is distinct from the rest of Canada, which can result in some unique planning considerations. So we hope you'll join us on our next uh, podcast to learn a bit more about this. And we're going to be joined by uh, somebody from our Montreal office to, uh, to help us shed some light into it. If you've enjoyed this program, I hope you'll like and subscribe to our future podcast. And please do consider sharing our show with your friends and colleagues. KPMG Law is an international law firm with offices around the world. Our affiliation with KPMG gives us an unprecedented ability to combine legal, accounting, and audit advice for our valued clients wherever they live and do business. At KPMG, we value integrity, excellence, and courage, working together for a better future. We'd like to thank our business enablement team for editing this podcast. And until next time, remember, you can't take it with you.